So if you get a hug, don't be worried. It's just how we do around here. So, uh, but I also want to say that I'm, what about that weather outside, huh? Man, we see God's glory in that sun. There's something about that sun, isn't it? There's something about it. You, even in the physical sense, you, you just want to be out there and be around it and feel it. Boy, what a spiritual application that is as well, isn't it? It's to be around the sun. That's exactly what I want to talk about, and, and really we'll get into that uh, today. But did you read that verse, those two verses? Did you, did you, did you hear them? L let me read them one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Wow. When you think about those words, when you think about what Paul says, what comes to mind? Doesn't the word confidence come in there? Think about how confident he is in saying what he says. He says that knowing, verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. I want you to keep that in mind as we begin. Last week, we looked at this statement which talked about Paul saying, for to me... To live is Christ and to die is gain. We talked about the thoughts of that we as Christians know that we will face persecution for following Jesus. Amen. And that we as Christians should not be terrified by the adversaries. We shouldn't be terrified by the enemies that try to bring us down. Amen. And we also know that we should stand fast in one spirit, that we should all have the same mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Don't you appreciate the gospel, brethren? Don't you appreciate the way that God made a path for us to go and we could be found right in his eyes? Boy, I appreciate that. I don't deserve that. How about you? I don't, I'm not, I haven't been good enough to get that, but he still made a way despite all of those things to say, you know what? You are worth it. You are precious to me. And because of that, I'm going to do something that nobody else can do. I'm going to make a way for my enemy to be right with me. This is the beauty of Christianity, though, when you think about it, because even though the Lord has blessed all of us with different talents, we all have these different abilities that we're really good at, right? Some things that, that we really excel in in life. Even though we have all of these things, what God, through his word, and Paul is going, we talked about it last week and going to continue that thought this week. He wants us all, even though we have these abilities, to have the same mind and the same thought process. 
Am I right? That's awesome. That's incredible to think about. To have the same mind, the same direction, trying to do the same things to please him. So I want us to think about this confidence in Christianity. I want us to think about why we as confident Christians should be thriving. Ask yourself this question. Are you confident? Do you believe like Paul did that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise you up? That's going to be the deciding factor on how you live your life. Amen? If I really believe that, if I really and truly understand that this is true, Paul says, look at what he says in verse 13. He says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, where did that come from? Where did this, uh, this thing written come from? It came from Psalm 116. And I want you to turn back with me. Keep your uh, fingers in 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to do a little finger workout this morning. Keep your finger in 2 Corinthians 4 and turn back to uh, Psalm 116. I cheated and I put my little Bible thing right in 2 Corinthians 4. So... I'm not working out this morning with my fingers. I've gotten real smart, y'all. Just kidding. All right, I want to start in verse 5. Just watch this. Watch this. Why does Paul use this psalm? Watch what he says. Gracious is the Lord. And righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O oh my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed. Therefore, I spoke. I am afflicted. I said, are liars. What shall I render to the Lord? Now think about this. What shall I render to the Lord? Brethren, what shall we render to the Lord? For all his benefits toward me. I will take up the cup of salvation and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. I'll call upon the name of the Lord. He says, I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all the people, brethren, I want to stand before you today and I want to say, worthy is the lamb. What an awesome God we serve. I want to tell you that today. Verse 15, he says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will, will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. 
in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Brethren, praise the Lord. Now, how about that? How confident is that psalm? How confident is that writer of that psalm in his conversation to the Lord? He says, I'm going to tell it in front of all the people. I'm going to tell it in front of all the assembly. You know what? Praise the Lord. No wonder Paul uses this. No wonder Paul back in 2 Corinthians 4 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. Oh, he loved the Lord. How about you? How about me? How about us, brethren? Here we are 2,000 years later. Do we still have this confidence in the king? Do we still have this mindset that brings us boldness and fearlessness? Or are we wayward and drifting to and fro? Just as Paul speaks of this great confidence in the Lord as we sit here this morning, do we have that same confidence? I hope we do. I hope you know that you're worth something. And God has a plan for you. Do we believe or do we better yet, as Paul says, know? Do we know that just as the Father raised up the Lord Jesus, that he will raise us up as well? Amen and glory, hallelujah. How about that? Do you believe that? What's so beautiful, beautiful about this confidence in the Lord is that it changes who we are, doesn't it? See, having confidence in something, it makes you see the world in a different way, doesn't it? Think about this. I saw this quote and I thought it was interesting. With confidence, you have won before you started. See, I got confidence in Jesus, and because I got confidence in Jesus, I already won. Amen? I already won. You know, if you prepare for a test, I'm about to tell y'all something, and I'm proud of it. I may have told this story before, but just, just forgive me. I never studied in school. I always had girls do my homework. I always had somebody right next to me where I could cheat. I always did all of those things. I'll just openly admit it to you. I could care less about taking the test. But I started working and was in the printing factory, and I thought, you know what? I got to do something different. So I signed up, and I went to Vol State. And my first class was um, AP. Uh, well, it was math, and we're not going to talk about that one, but we're going to talk about this good one, okay? There was several. Aaron's looking at me like, you better not be up there trying to tell no lie. Math, we're not going to talk about, all right? I mean, I had Joella, and we was all stressed out about it, but that's a totally different illustration. I'll save that one. But it was a science. I can't remember the name of it. AP, physiology, anatomy and physiology, all right? I mean, I went in there that first day and I was like, oh, I'm about to blow this. 
all these bones and all these different things laid out. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. But I'm going to tell you all something. I got the sheet for the test. It was the midterm. And I studied that thing. I studied it and studied it and studied it and studied it and studied it. I went in there. I got off work that morning. And you know how I felt? Like a million bucks. I was confident. I went in there and I said, give me that thing. Soon as I got it, I just started zooming through that thing. Set it up there and the teacher was like, you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I left. Came back the next week. Everybody around me is getting their test. 70, 76, 65. I'm like, guess what I got, brother? A 98. A 98! That's about the only test I've ever got a 90 on. A 98! You want to know why? Because I was confident. Because I had studied I had prepared. I was ready. Paul says, just like they spoke in the old days, I'm speaking to you the same way that I believe, now better yet, I know that Jesus is going to raise me up. And that changes the way we move. It should change the way we think. I want us to consider Four things, really quickly, and the lesson will be yours. Our confidence, brethren, and I wanted to look at, this is a two-part series, and I'm so excited about it, really. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to look at verses 1 through 6 today, and then I want to look at the rest next week. But I want us to look at what we can gain from this confidence, how our attitude and how we think should be. Watch this. Our confidence in the Lord should do this. It should keep us from losing heart. Look at verse 1. Therefore, and the therefore is put there because in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he's talking about the ministry of death, which is the old law and the old covenant. And now this new covenant is being introduced, the one that we enjoy, the one under Jesus, the law of liberty. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Notice the two things that he says. He says that we have this ministry. What's he talking about? This is not no ordinary ministry. This is an amazing ministry. And every single one of us here today, if you're a child of God, has the ability to be a part of this ministry. Well, what is it? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Watch this. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Would you say that that's a true statement, brethren? Because of Jesus Christ, we've been reconciled to God. But now watch. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given it to us. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation. And what is it? 
that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and I want you to look at verse 7. I want you to look at what it says right there. It says, and you guys are familiar with this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The Greek word, earthen vessels, Christian knows this, is a dirt jar. You want to put something into perspective? Guess what we are, brethren? A dirt jar. Now, if I found a treasure, something really special, I ain't putting it in no dirt jar. I'm going to put that thing in a pirate treasure chest, right? I'm going to lace that thing, make sure it's real comfortable to sit in there. I'm going to lock that thing up. I'm going to make sure that it's, it's, it's tucked away where nobody can mess with it. I'm going to take care of that treasure, right? But here's the beauty. Man's ways aren't God's ways. And I'm so appreciative of that. Because I am like that fragile clay, aren't you? I do get disheartened and I do get down and I do get broken and my feelings get hurt and I hurt people's feelings and all of these things happen to me. But you know what God said? Oh, I'm not putting it in that real fancy thing. I'm not putting it in that one that's really good and put together well. You know what? I'm putting this huge treasure, this life-changing treasure. You know where I'm putting it? I'm putting it in you. Now, if that don't move you, I don't know what will. God loved us so much that he gave us the ability to go tell others about how they can be reconciled to him. He could have done it anyway, but he chose me. <laughs> oh, 98. He chose you. But you know what else he gave us? You want to know why? The other reason why Paul doesn't lose heart, he realizes he's a part of this team and he's a part of this ministry. But the second thing he realizes, that he's received mercy. Watch this. Psalm 69, 13. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. In the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of your mercy... Hear me in the truth of your salvation. Now watch this come together. You remember Jesus died on the cross for us? You remember he died and then he was resurrected? And you know what that opened up? It opened up a way for us to pray and to ask God for things. You remember? You know, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, what does it say? Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, now think about this. Mercy is not received because of your human ability. Am I right? You're just not good enough. I'm sorry. 
You cannot work your way enough for God to say, you know what, you're spectacular, I'm giving you mercy. But mercy is for the guilty. Mercy's for the condemned. Mercy is for the hopeless. You ever been there, brethren? He bestows mercy to us. That's why I don't lose heart. He counted me worthy to be on the team. What? If we come in and just check the box every week, brethren, we miss the blessing. If we come in and we're not dedicated to studying God's word, I know I'm not the greatest preacher. I know I speak too loud. I know I speak too, I know I do all of those things. But here's the truth. You know what the scripture is that I got right here and you can think about it later on. It's still the word of God. See, it's not in me. I'm just bestowing the most powerful thing to you and it's his word and I love it. This old dirt jar gets to tell you about this special treasure that goes on and on and on. And you have the same ability to do the same thing. Our confidence in the Lord keeps us from losing heart. But what else does it do? This confidence in the Lord, it allows us to manifest the truth. Look at verse 2. It says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Renouncing the hidden things of shame. When you think about your life, we talked about it in class Jesus talked to the Pharisees about it, told them that they were whitewashed tombs. They were really clean on the outside, but they was dirty and full of dead man's bones on the inside. Are we walking in craftiness? Are we a slickster? I've been called a slickster before, and I hate to admit it, but it was true. Just tried to get by. Tried to do as little as I could. Tried to trick. Tried to deceive. Oh, yeah, some of mine were bad, but some of mine weren't. What about handling the word of God deceitfully? Picking that verse, picking that thing, and building your own thought. It's dangerous, isn't it, brethren? But that's not what Paul's talking about. He said, we renounced the hidden things of shame. We didn't walk in craftiness, nor did we handle the word of God deceitfully. And I please just catch this one. He says, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now watch this verse break down. <laughs> the word manifestation is exhibit. You ever gone to the zoo and checked out the exhibit, right? I watched that one where that gorilla, that little boy's standing right there looking at that gorilla and all of a sudden he rushes up on him, right? That was on display for sure, wasn't it? 
To make manifest is to put on exhibit. Now watch this. So he says, we don't walk in uh, craftiness or handle the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, we commend ourselves. Now, the word commend, it means to show, to actually make happen, okay? So I'm going to put on display actually the truth of God. Now, here's the best part. Here's the best part of the verse. In every man's conscience, Matt Miller is different. So-and-so is different. It's ingrained in their conscience. They know exactly who you are. Brethren, I don't know what happens when we leave here uh, in your life. All I know is what happens in my life, and I openly admitted it in class today. I don't want to be somebody who has hate in their heart. I don't want to do it. I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to work on ways to be better. Not that I hate everybody. I'm not saying that. But if I ain't careful, I begin to have this attitude. How about you? I start resenting somebody and building a case and thinking these things that I shouldn't be thinking instead of maybe just going and talking to that person. I want to make manifest the truth to everybody I come in contact with. I want this to be the truth for me. I want every man's conscience in the sight of God to know that I am a Christian. That's it. That's my goal. How about you, brethren? Character wins out. Am I right? Consistency wins out. Got a text from a brother, man, and I'm so encouraged about this. I got a text from a brother the other day. He hadn't responded to me in two years. You know what he told me? He said, I appreciate you not giving up on me. I'm not boasting about myself. I'm not trying to exalt myself. I feel good about that. This man sent me a text and said, I appreciate you not giving up on me. Hadn't heard from him. You know what I text him back? I love you, brother. When will we decide that Christianity ain't a game, but it's real life? When will we decide that we actually can play a huge role in changing folks' lives? Every moment you have a chance to do something. You make an impression on somebody in everything that you say, in everything that you do. Will you, as Paul says, in his confidence, he says, we weren't doing these hidden evil things. But we were manifesting the truth. I was putting it on display. <laughs> Don't y'all love the fireworks displays, right? Are you the fireworks for Christianity? 
I mean, me, Isaac, and Isaiah try to put on a show for my mom and dad and, and JoJo. And, and I mean, we about shot them like five times, right? I'm not talking about that type of display. I'm talking about the Nashville display. Because those good deeds, those things that are right, those things that are holy, those things that, that are worth something in the word of God, they are big. Our character wins out. Our righteousness shows. Our holiness proves to be on display when we do what we're supposed to be doing according to the truth. Amen? The third thing is this. Our confidence in the Lord makes us understand that the gospel is veiled. Look at verses 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Evil is everywhere, isn't it, brethren? It is. It's all around us, and if we ain't careful, we'll be sucked in to it as well. But you know what? My confidence in my Christianity is I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to say, not this time. Come back again. Come back again, because it ain't happening this time. You know those sins that you struggle with, those secret ones that you don't really want to talk about to everybody, right? You know those ones that nobody really knows about. Do you say in your heart with confidence, not today, Lord. I'm not going to let Satan get me because I'm going to trust in you. Satan fell because of pride, didn't he? You remember in the elders, uh, when it talks about the elders' qualifications in 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 6, it tells them to not be puffed up like Satan was, puffed up with pride. Satan blinds the world with the pleasures. Uh, Satan blinds the world and he blinds us as well with these pleasures in the world, doesn't he? We know 1 John 2, 16, for all that in, is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that ain't from God. It's from the world. But my confidence in the Lord, my confidence in who he is drives me away from that. And therefore that veil doesn't come over me. It doesn't go over my face. It stays open. And here's the last thing. The last thing. Our confidence in the Lord enables us to do something, brethren. This is an incredible thing. It's an incredible thought. And it's all Bible. Our confidence in the Lord, it enables us to show Jesus to others. <laughs> Every time I come up here, I got a new favorite verse. And these are my favorite verses, man. Watch verse 5 and 6. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. 
For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We don't preach ourselves, do we, brethren? It won't work. We don't brag about our works. It won't work. Did I just tell you about something that happened to me? Absolutely. But you want to know why it happened? Because of the power of God. Jesus working through me. And I'm proud of being able to do that. Do I fall short? Every day. Do I mess up and have a bad attitude? Just about every day I do. But I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that response that I got back. You want to know why? Because I can honestly tell you my boast and my glory is in the King of Kings. But we preach Jesus the Lord and ourselves willing slaves for his sake. Verse 6 tells us this thought. Do people see Jesus in us? Is the glory that God has shown in our hearts, is it going out towards others? We get to show the world literally Jesus. I want to close with this thought. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Huh, isn't that awesome? And when you're renewed in your mind, what you end up showing is the perfect will of God. Here's what I want you to think about as you walk out this door, brethren. It's a new week. It's a new chance. It's a new opportunity. Man, we get to go be salt to the world. The more people see Jesus, the more people see Jesus the more people realize just how awesome God is. Don't you love him? Don't you want to serve him? Don't you think he's awesome? Why not let somebody else know about it? Why not let somebody else see Jesus? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Brethren, I love you. And I appreciate you so very much, and I say that with all honesty. I appreciate the things that you guys are doing. I appreciate yesterday the marriage seminar. It was great. I appreciate all of the things that we have going on here at this congregation. But, brethren, I'm going to tell you one thing. I love you all so very much, but I love Jesus so much more. And because I love him so much more, it makes me love you more. It's an incredible thing, isn't it? The more I love Jesus, the more I love you. The more I love Jesus, the more I care about you. It's just how this system works and what a blessing it is. 
Maybe you're here today, though, and you're struggling. Maybe there's some things that are happening in your life that, that you need to make right. Or maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Paul said that he knows. He knew that Jesus was raised up by the Father. And because of that, we have hope, don't we? You know, you go into the water dead, but you come out of the water brand new. Just like Jesus. Do you trust in him? Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Don't miss that opportunity to be saved, cleaned up, brand new, fresh. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, be strong, be courageous, brethren. God is good and he's worthy and he's worth it as we stand and as we sing.